She was on Parks and Rec. She was on Law and Order. She was on CSI and a bunch of other films and shows. She's got over 200,000 followers on her social media. She's a travel icon and runs Ask a Concierge, a show on YouTube which has over 15,000 subscribers to date. I mean, freaking Marriott calls her to book 25 episodes for them. She is Sarah Dandeshi, and she's on my show today. You're watching Maxon TV. We have the world famous, and I can say world famous, Sarah freaking Dandeshi on the show. Unbelievable to have you. I'm so excited. I bet all of my 14 viewers are also excited as well. Um, <laughs> thank it. you so much for joining the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that you reached out and you were patient to work with my schedule until I came back to the States. So it's nice to be here. Listen, that's just what you got to do when you work with uh, famous people. That's just I what mean, yeah. I mean, look, luckily, like we were able to like talk directly and you didn't have to like go through like your my people to people. my people and we were good. Yeah, yeah, we were good. <laughs> so you were just getting back from Portugal. How was your trip? Amazing, amazing. I was there for two and a half weeks uh, working with <laughs> But the cool thing about it, or at least what's so interesting is that right now as like Americans, we can't travel to Europe unless it is for work. So this was really an interesting thing. I, I kind of felt like I was smuggling myself into the country. I'm like, I kept asking the owner, like, are you sure I'm going to be able to get through? And he was like, yeah, anybody sure. that's going to get through, it's going to be you. And they had all the right paperwork for me. And it's like, I'm like giving them the paperwork. That's like, oh, she's essential. We need her to open up our hotel. I'm like, am I not essential? Like, <laughs> Do they know that? Like, can I dress casually? Are they going to judge me? I mean, it was a lot. Um, but no, it was super easy. They approved the paperwork, ended up going through. And, you know, that's the whole thing is, is that um, you just have to have proof that you are um, traveling for work and, um, you know, have a certified letter and all of that. And and you can travel then. So you can travel. Wow. So were there any, was there anybody on the plane oh, at all? So I don't know if you saw it. So for anybody that happened to be watching my Instagram stories, I documented it like crazy. So I was flying um, like premium economy. There was literally, there were, well, I was advised to do that. I was literally um, one of three people in that section. And probably that section maybe normally seats like 36-ish people. So imagine only three people in that section. I, I didn't dare walk into business because, you know, we didn't want to get like anybody all upset. But when I walked back into economy, even there, I mean, there were sections that maybe had 12 people in it. So wow. it's like a Marlins game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> really? I, you're I wouldn't imagine it. as many people, though. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm just laughing that you're throwing out sports references to me. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad you know what the Marlins are. Most people don't actually. They're oh. like, what is that? A, a dinner? Like they don't, they don't know. Dinner. Oh, yeah. God. There you go. So anyways, yeah. So you consult for, I mean, you do a lot of different things. I do but a lot you, of things. So you consult with hotels, you kind of help them with their social media and et cetera. I guess you can fill us in on exactly all you do. Yeah. Yeah. So just like the brief overview and like background so that you guys kind of understand where I'm coming from. So I've actually worked in hotels for over 15 years um, in operations of of the 15 years of that. Um, I actually worked as a hotel concierge. So as I like to say, on the front lines of travel, very much there in the lobby, interacting with travelers on your regular basis, whether 
in front of me on the phone, on email, you name it. And uh, especially being based in Los Angeles, I had a really international sort of clientele. So very much my finger on the pulse of things, not only as far as what was happening in LA because of being a concierge, but then what was happening happening globally because of just my interactions with the guests that were traveling on a regular basis. So a couple of years ago, I ended up uh, creating my own online travel show. I started doing travel videos. They called it a vlog at the time. <laughs> I mean, people have vlogs today. But uh, I started doing that and and pretty quickly started working with some bigger brands and wasn't just covering Los Angeles and started covering around the U.S., then covering internationally um, and have kind of established myself as, dare I say, a travel influencer. Then in this past year, with things sort of shifting with the pandemic, um, I no longer work at a hotel anymore. And so I've really fleshed out my hospitality consulting business. So that's where I work with hotels and other businesses as well to really kind of like up their service standards. Um, if they do want some social media like guidance, I can do that on kind of like a broad overview. But also a lot of it is is really more of like the hospitality training. Yeah, so you may not be able to say, you just said, I'm a hospitality influencer. I'm going to say, you are the freaking standard at hospitality influencing. So okay. I'm just going to say it like that. Okay, so, perfect. You can all right, say there it. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so, um, right, I mean, you have a ton of followers, obviously. On Twitter, you have roughly 50,000 followers. Mm -hmm. On Instagram, you have a little over 128,000 followers. Mm -hmm. Holy freaking hell. That's a lot of people. Whoa. That is a lot of people. Um, <laughs> I stopped counting after after five because my hand stops at five. I stopped counting. Wow. But outside, so from my understanding, though, this you were in a you were in like some sort of like class or something like that, and this was an assignment originally. Yeah, you your homework. <laughs> the only homework I do. I didn't do any homework in school. Okay, sure. that's fair enough. You're right, and um, actually, it it is um, it's actually. Kind of one of my favorite stories because it just kind of goes to show you that sometimes that great idea that can take you to the next level is this sort of like happy accident. So uh, also a bit of my background is that I have been an actor and so I do have film and TV background and I was in the process of working on a web series. We were going to do like a comedy web series myself and this other girl and as part of that the instructor was like okay everybody has to do a vlog think about what you're an expert in and talk about it. And I'm like, I like to eat healthy and work out, but I'm like, not that girl, I'm not that guru. Um, and then I'm like, I guess I'll talk about what to do in LA. I don't know who's gonna wanna listen to it, but I guess I'll just talk about all the crazy questions that I get asked every day on a daily basis that I just repeat my answers over and over again. And I guess I'll call it Ask a Concierge, like literally that cavalier about it. And it was very obvious that like, as soon as I put together the idea, and even when I shared the first video, which by the way, the first video still exists online. I have like a scarf and I look like crazy stewardess. It's, which I'll be looking for and trying to post yeah, as well. Bangs yeah. and right. like a whole nine. Um, and, <laughs> but when I, when I shared it in class and they were all like, this is great. And I was, I had this kind of like light bulb moment. Like, wait, what? You live in LA. Why do you care about like, about tours in LA or like restaurants. And they're like, cause we're always looking for things to do, whether they have friends or family coming into town, or even if they're trying to figure out like a date night or what to do with their friends. And I'm like, oh, oh, wow. Wait a second. I have information that 
more than just travelers want, like locals want. This is something. So yeah. it kind of it kind of grew from there. But again, it's just one of those moments where I think all too often, especially like entrepreneurs, when they're trying to figure out like what their big idea is or like what makes sense for them. And all too often, it's right there in front of us. It is what you're an expert in. You take it for, you're such an expert in it. You take it for granted and you just like look past it. So, you know, for people that are kind of in that phase where of their life where they're trying to figure out maybe the next steps and they're like, well, I don't know like what I'm good at. It's like, okay, think about what your closest friends and family ask you a lot about. Um, and um, and then even ask other people, what, what do they, when they need your advice on something, what would they come to you for? So it's always a great way to kind of get that feedback because again, we just, we overlook it because it's something that's just so much a part of us. I don't think you could stress that point further because it's so important it's also from I I heard probably my favorite audiobook. That's of course before your audiobook comes out. Yours is probably going to be number one. But <laughs> until then, um, "Lead the Field" by Earl Nightingale was the greatest audiobook ever, and he discusses this point exactly. And he talks about diamonds, mm -hmm. and essentially people are you know especially in the gold rush, they were all just you know trying to get the gold. They're all going to California, whatever. The, where was it? San Francisco somewhere. They were going west. That's all I got. Yeah, somewhere west. I'm kidding. I don't know. Right. Somewhere, somewhere west. And meanwhile, the people who probably sold the shovels made all the money. Mm -hmm. You know, the gold isn't necessarily the gold that everyone's trying to get. It could be right in front of your face. And you can give 14,000 other examples. But I'm really glad that you mentioned that because I think that's probably one of the, the number one thing entrepreneurs really need to understand. Well, right. and also, I think all too often is that people get obsessed or they they get focused on like the glamorized version of it. Like, oh, I just want to have this brilliant idea. But like, you know, like, do you know how wealthy the guy is that like started selling AC units in Las Vegas to hotels? Like, that's not sexy. It's not like it's AC units in like Vegas. But like, yep. oh, my gosh, you definitely want to be on on you know his side of that deal you and it just like so again it's it's all too often it's you have to think about like the need that's out there and the void that you're filling and it might not be glamorous it but it's like but if you're able to do that and you're able to multiply it that's pretty that's pretty awesome a hundred percent it's actually um there was a gentleman he grew up where my dad grew up in Perth Amboy, New Jersey, which for those of you who don't know where that is, it's the gar it's literally the garbage heap of the United States, essentially. Um, it's the only place where they uh you're in cut you're in so when somebody asks you for directions, you probably actually give them directions or I guess uh sent them like did you ever give them like those map quests you print out or whatever? Oh, oh my gosh, I love that you said map quests. Okay, so first of all. <laughs> Not that old. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, but when I started, actually, yeah, that MapQuest was like still around. Um, some, yeah, people want, and even still, like in the more in more recent years, I was like, oh, well, I can just give you the address so you can put it in your GPS. And they're like, no, print out the directions for me. And I'm like, you want a hard copy of this? Let, let me guess, that person was 60 or above. Correct. They were also yeah. very upset that we didn't have hard copy newspapers because we were making a green decision and they were like, oh, we, oh, well, I just don't get oh, it. It's like, right. all right, you probably have an iPad, sir. It's okay. I'm actually, I feel like he would be one of the few people who would still have a flip phone, if that. <gasps> probably. 
Probably. Yeah. You know, people are interesting when they travel. For sure. Like super flexible or, or quite often they're not flexible. And then they get all their, their feathers ruffled. Yeah. Especially at fancy hotels. They have the biggest pricks on God's earth. Wow. (laughs) I have been trained to really like choose my words wisely when it comes to that. But I would say that you are not too far from the truth. This is why you had a long, prosperous career in that field, and I didn't. I last I actually did work in a hotel, but for a month. Which is, oh, how, what did you do? What did I do? Were you guest facing? <laughs> there we go. I was actually in New Jersey for the summer. I was still living in Miami, and I wanted to. I, one of the one of the biggest things I really wanted to do was work in a hotel and be uh-huh. honestly. I really wanted to work in a hotel and see what it was like. Um, and so I remember there was a sign outside of a certain hotel. I guess I'll tell you after. Um, but it says we are hiring. So I walked in and I'm like, there's a sound that says you're hiring. Is that true? He's like, yes. He's like, what job are you, do you want to apply for? I'm like, whichever one pays the most, you know? And so that's kind of how things were. They're like, since you're only here for a, for a month, we're going to put you, they put me originally in, um, janitorial, whatever it was. I literally cleaned the bathroom in a hotel and I vacuumed the whole place. And so I do know what that's like. I lasted one day, I blew up my back and um, they put me as a, they put me in charge of like the breakfast. And so, okay. I, so even though I've only been there for like a month, I've, I've, I'm not going to say I've seen it all. Cause I obviously haven't, but I've seen enough. But you did, it sounds like they put you in like a bunch of different positions. So you got yeah. to have a little bit of a taste. I mean, oh, yeah. you, you don't need to have extensive experience to get oh, for it. sure. For it. So I, I saw I saw enough where there were certain aspects of it that were completely mismanaged totally. Sure. Um, I mean I can go on forever, but anyways, I just I wanted to get back to so my original my original um thought was so there was somebody uh that my dad grew up with mm-hmm. and he ran a his this guy's father ran a garbage business. He had okay. one client. He'd take his garbage truck and go to Chevron and pick up all their garbage literally every single day. Wow. Everybody made fun of that person. Oh, you're in the garbage or whatever. He was laughing all the way to the bank. I'm sure. I made a fortune. So again, low hanging fruit or, you know, it, it could be right in front of your face, but mm-hmm. people like glamour. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they do. They do. So, yeah. So the, so the way that I actually came across you, uh-huh. was I was watching Hospitality Minute. And yep. so you came you came out and I'm just literally my thought process in my head. I'm like, what the hell? How, like, I literally thought you were like a professional CNBC correspondent. I'm just like, the video quality is out of this world. You like you, you did not stutter at all. Apparently it was live too. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm, what the hell? I'm just like, this person really knows what they're doing. And so I'm just I, like, who the hell is this person? <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, where was I? I must have, I must have like still been in the, um, in the States and had my stable Wi-Fi here. But yeah, I mean, you know, I trip over words sometimes. Yeah, I'm, I'm just good. Yeah, I'm just really I, like I do good. have a couple of secrets that I do. I do have notes for myself very close to where the camera is. So got you. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, teleprompter or no? No, no, no. I'm doing it on my laptop. I literally 
I, I uh, look, I'll share, I'll share some little tips. So especially for like a zoom or let's say doing something like this. Um, if I had notes that I specifically wanted to make sure that I would touch on, um, I write down notes on a word document, make it a little bit narrow so that my eyes don't have to like shift like this on the page. And then I basically move it to the top of my, I'll put my hand here, the top of the screen. And then if it's something that's a longer thing, I actually literally just scroll up on the document so that the words are as, so it's almost like a teleprompter, but I'm not using it to like say, talk, speak verbatim. I'm using it as like a reminder of like what I'm going to talk about next. So that's really, that's really smart. And clearly it works for you. It does, you know. Yeah. You do. <laughs> I can't. I, there's so much stuff that I'm doing on a regular basis. Sometimes I'm like, I can't keep track of this. Of course. So. And why would you? I mean, you're, just, you're natural. You're natural. So I, I honestly thought to myself, I'm like, this person must have had some kind of coaching of some sort. And I think I'm right in the fact that you have, because when I actually looked more into you, you were an actress. And you come across my IMDb page. I think so. Yeah. Is it not? Yeah. Listen, one of many, one of many other pages, whatever Google has. Uh, but yeah, but you are super legit. So um, apparent, were, I mean, am I right? Were you actually trained as far as like how to be on camera and stuff like that? Or are you just really that good? I Well, I mean, I've done, look, I mean, like I, I my background is in acting. So it's like, I've spent a lot of time on camera. Uh, now granted, like being on camera and acting like in a, in film and TV is going to be, it's going to be very different, but I also studied film and TV and producing. So I also understand the process from the other side. And interestingly enough, when I first moved to LA, aside from taking acting classes, I was like, Hey, I really want to take, um, like producing and directing classes. And I remember somebody very specifically in the industry was like, pick a lane. Why would you do that? Like just be an actress. And I was like, well, if I educate myself and, and I have the skills in multiple um, parts or like positions, like as far as um, the the entertainment industry, wouldn't it just all go together? No, 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 just focus on one thing. And, but I was like, no, I wanna be, I wanna know everything because I wanna know that like, if I'm performing, I also know how the editing process goes. So then whatever I'm doing on camera, I'm thinking like an editor in the long run, which saves time for the editor. I mean, I'm not necessarily, you know, or I can do it myself, but um, so yes. Yeah, so I, I do, I get, I'm very well versed with like being around a camera. I do know how to edit. I am fine and comfortable on camera. And then really the, with social media, social media was also just another way to kind of practice as well too. I know all, all too often people are like, oh my gosh, I, how am I going to talk on the ca on camera and this? And I'm like, Start with Instagram stories. It disappears after 24 hours. Like, so long as you don't say something horribly offensive. So it's like, like to think that people could at least be able to keep themselves reined in for that. At least but, for those five minutes, but yeah. I, I mean, come on. Yeah. All you got to do is for 15 seconds, okay? Uh, for, for, I, I, I don't have an Instagram. I have no idea how it works, honestly. You, so. What? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. All right. What, well, okay, okay. All right. So your millennial card is revoked, okay? Oh, yeah, there we go. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. That hurt. That hurt. Oh, yeah. all good. Don't worry. I know. So, but but the point is, is that yeah, it's just like with time. So so certainly, I understood you know my way around the camera, being in front of it, being behind it, 
And then just with time, just practicing and then fine. And then I would write my script, like just rehearse it. And there've been many, many times that it's like, okay, this might take 30, this might be 30 takes and then you get better. And then maybe something only takes five takes and then maybe you can do it in one take. So um, it's, it's all been a process and, but it's been hours and hours of practice. So whether on the road at home, you name it in a really crazy situation, freezing when you're trying to act warm and happy. Oh, it's happened. <laughs> I can imagine. So yeah. what, when you first made that, I guess, first video, when you were in that, when you were in that program and you were amazed at how people are at, did you like post it on YouTube and you're like, people are, people are like literally viewing this. You're like, wow. Okay. People yeah. like this. Yeah. People were viewing it. And I mean, obviously like a lot were like, you know, friends and families and colleagues within the industry, but it's like, I also realized very quickly there was like a model to it because I was talking about city tours and then I did private tour, or maybe I talked about options for city tours or private tours and what's the difference. So something very simple, but I was able to basically name like six different companies in the video. And then they all got excited and then they all shared and they all tagged. And, and then I was like, oh, Genius. so I literally stumbled on like how to like amplify content just fresh out the gate. And then when I came up with the name Ask a Concierge, it was originally Ask a Concierge LA. And um, then like, and obviously at that time, like Twitter was huge. And then I was like, hey, do you, TripAdvisor, do you want to like do a Twitter chat with Four Seasons and Ritz Carlton? And I'm like, and me? Uh, okay. So, but it just goes to show you also the other thing, you know, in regards to social media is um, like how important a brand name is. And that was the one thing is, is that, you know, people are like, well, don't you want to be Sarah Dandishi? And I'm like, well, I am Sarah Dandishi. But it's like, it's easier when at, at the beginning, when you're starting, I'm like, nobody cares. People are like, who's Sarah? Sarah, I can't even say her last name. So it's like, they, they wouldn't even care. But I'm like, they understood immediately what Ask a Concierge was. And even with the Los Angeles part, it immediately gave me a destination. Uh, so never underestimate, you know, people are very like into the idea of like, oh, my personal brand has to be my name. And it's like, well, maybe when you're like really starting, you have that umbrella of this other brand and you go under that. And then at some point, you know, your brand and you as your entity come out of it. But um, I think that that was a really strong thing to do, because if I would have just started fresh out the gate as Sarah Dandishi, they'd be like, who is this? We don't care. <laughs> and you want people to care. That's the whole thing. You want to get in the room. That's true. That kind of makes me feel a little bit better that I named it Max and TV. It took me around five minutes to come up with that name. Um, but I just like, I just like, didn't want to think about, it. I'm just like Max and someone used to, uh, you know, a friend of ours, uh, used to call me Maxon all the time. So I created uh -huh. Maxon and then I realized later on that apparently there's like 14,000 other Maxons. So I'm like, Oh damn it. Oh, whatever. Uh, so, but, but I'm in the process of getting that trademarked. So, and apparently I think yeah. I'm going to get it. So. We'll see. That's good. We'll That's see. worthwhile to do as well. Cause I'm lucky that my aunt is a copyright lawyer and pretty. And again, she was like, we're going to get, we're going to get this trademark and register it. And I'm like, we are. And, and again, it was like all of these things that happened. And I'm like, wow, I guess this is like something like everybody's like seeing it. And even before I really even saw it, but I was like, well, I'll keep going. And you know, and then you just learn and you play and 
it's like, to me, it's like, there's no failing on social media. You just try. People have such a short attention span, like they're over it in a day. So right. you can try oh. and see what works. And it's like, okay, cool. It, it wasn't like, oh my, it's like the, looking at numbers and engagement and all of that wasn't a, uh, looking at, it wasn't looking at that for like validate, like personal validation. It was like more of like gauging, okay, what are people responding to? And again, I think that's also goes back to the brand. If you keep the brand separate than you, it doesn't feel as personal. You know what I mean? So then you're not right. taking it personally. It's like, oh, they're responding to this with the brand and you can look at it a little bit more like it's a separate entity, even if you are that much part of it, if that makes sense. Right. Of course it, it's a business at the end of the day, right? Oh, 100%, 100%. Right. So, right. yeah. So when you have all these different channels though, like, are you able to also have a personal Facebook or like, <laughs> is that just all kind of mixed in, you know? Oh, it's funny. I do have a personal Facebook. I don't, I don't go on it that much. Um, and, and it's also, it's also kind of like, uh, you're so, I'm so mindful of like, there's so much noise out there anyway. You know, right. and it's right. and it's weird because it's like people are like, but you're all the you're all over social media. But I'm like, yeah, but I'm very strategically using social media. Like, I'm not going to be on there saying like certain jokes that like I have like a really like crazy, a, a very different sense of humor than what probably most people that would see me would think that I would have. And so it's like I just keep that for my close friends and don't necessarily put myself out there in a different way because at, at a certain point it's like, okay, well, I would hate that I would say something in jest and it's taken out of context and then it, it hurts the brand. So I just kind of keep it as like, even my personal is almost like an additional source of like, Hey, I've been working on this. Like, you know, when my book comes out, I'll share that and that'll get a certain level of engagement because it's like real friends and family. But I'm, I'm a big fan of like, if, if it's Facebook and it's my personal Facebook, like we know each other. Like I'm not here to like collect friends. Like if we, you can follow elsewhere if that's the case, but we have to have like, we have to really know each other. Right. Oh, and by the way, um, I totally hear you about making those jokes. Um, I don't write anything essentially because everything I say gets taken out of context. So, but what can you do? So why don't we tell you, why don't we talk about your book? So what is okay. your book about? Obviously it's about yourself. It's like a autobiography or what oh. exactly is it? No, I, we, we don't play that personal of a card. No, I'm kidding. No. Um, I mean, it's just that, that to me is not necessarily as interesting or as, um, what more so it's not as useful. Uh, yeah, I could certainly talk about my story, but for me, I'm all about like, what can people learn from, you know, what I'm sharing and take away and, and take away something from it and go from there. So this is a hospitality book. Um, so it's called Hospitality from Within. And it's it's great because it kind of breaks down um, like the notions and the pillars of hospitality touches a bit on the history of it, where where it is moving forward. Um, I've got a lot of quotes from some amazing uh, CEOs and, and hospitality professionals. And then because I had been a, a hotel concierge for so long, I share uh, a couple of my concierge stories, as well as I have colleagues from around the world. And I just feel like out of all the positions in hospitality, and concierge just get to have such really unique experiences and stories with guests. Yes, I am biased when I'm saying this, I'm very well aware, but um, I wanted to share not only my stories, but stories of my colleagues around the world where they just had these amazing moments. And it really is 
a representation of hospitality as its finest. And it's not just one person. Because if I just shared mine, it's literally just through my lens. But again, hospitality is all about all these moving pieces and all of these people working together. So you can't just have one voice. It's it is a oh my gosh, dare I say it? This sounds cheesy. It's a it's a chorus. It's a it's a bunch of people. So I don't know. Definitely why. for the one month that I've worked there, I definitely understand that a hundred percent. So I have to ask you: You've worked in concierge yeah. for for years. Yeah. There's one question I've always had. It's a little bit off the rails, but this Bring is it. me. So why is it that a hotel can never keep a plunger inside of the rooms? They like force people to call downstairs and embarrass themselves. Hey, by the way, I just clogged your toilet. Like, I hope you can send someone up so they have to deal with it. Like, why can't it's they just aesthetic. leave something already in the in the room, right? Like, It's aesthetic. Like, you don't want to leave this. Yeah, like a toilet. You, know, you, know, you don't just like leave it on the floor. You make it nice. You can put it in like that little thing. You know, like that thing that closes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, know. I know. I don't know. Um, I mean, there could also be just an idea of like, you know, it is like plumbing for in essence, a hotel is a quote unquote commercial building. So are you leaving it there? And then like somebody tries to like fix it themselves and then maybe they make the situation worse. Like, but at the end, I don't know. Now we're getting into like all the details, but um there there is also an element of service. It's kind of like the notion of where people would you know, one of my last hotels, the, actually most of my hotels that I worked at, there weren't ice machines on the floors. And people would be like, why isn't there an ice machine on the floor? And it's like, no, you call for ice and we'll come and we'll deliver it to you. And they're like, but, but, and it's like, no, it's part of the service of it. So again, the very unglamorous side, and <laughs> but it's, I, I think that there's also that element of like, should that happen? You just call and, and somebody comes and handles it. And then you don't have to do the Dirty work, no pun intended. <laughs> right. How, when I'm sure you've gotten that call many times, how do you not not lose it? Oh, if somebody if their toilet's clogged, oh, that's like nothing. I I don't it, to me that doesn't even register as anything like embarrassing. To me, what's more embarrassing or more like uh is like if somebody's calling down and they're specifically asking for condoms or they're asking for like stuff like that, and then it's like. Oh, I saw who you went upstairs with, you know, but it's, so that to me would be more of like, okay, or, or who knows whatever else they would ask for. I mean, you name it. I've been asked for so many things, but like asking like, Hey, my toilet's clogged. I, I don't even think twice. That's that your sink could be clogged. They're, the shower is not working. Like that to me is just like, it happens. Somebody comes, they fix it and you move on. Gotcha. So people are essentially calling. Hi, what are the rates for hookers tonight? I'd like to know. Um, exactly. Is it, I, no. Does that actually happen? Like, there's no way. Like, so, uh, yeah. Well, um, yes and no. In the sense that I actually, in all of my years of being concierge, I was only asked twice. Um, obviously, I was educated very early on that, like, I could. Well, first of all, I didn't even. I remember when I first got the question and I was a very new concierge. And so I asked, I was like, what do I, what do I say? And they're like, uh, you can't tell somebody. I would like, give them the number to Wendy's or something. No, we don't do that. So, the, and then the second time I totally misunderstood the guy. He was an older British, older, older British guy. And he was like, uh, I'm, he's like, I'd like to have an escort for the evening. And I'm like, Oh, like a car and driver. And he's like, uh, no, like a young lady. And I'm like, oh, oh man. Oh, okay. I oh. Whoa, that went over my head. And then I was like, oh, well, unfortunately, I can't do that. But, um, you know, I can send up a 
LA Weekly and you can like check out like the back area. But being a female, so it's interesting. I think really being a female, a lot of people didn't necessarily ask me that versus my male colleagues who were asked a lot more. And my favorite response that um, an old uh, colleague of mine used to say and probably still does say is he was like, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not able to, um, you know, give you references in regards to that. I'm just, I'm not able to give references for something I'm not able to try. And it was like, Oh, oh, that's that's, weird. that's yeah. cheeky. That's cheeky. Um, but so yeah, so I mean, I mean, that's the whole thing. Like when it comes to concierge work, it's like pretty much anything goes, so long as it's um, legal and moral. So but, you know, people people get adventurous in what they ask for. Of course, and we document it and make fun of them. Exactly. Um, or I would just go in the back and just laugh or snicker or whatever. But yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. Like honestly, after you've been doing it for so long, yeah. it's like it just you're like, okay, whatever. It's like surprise me, you know. Like I remember, like towards towards the end, like people would ask or they would come up to me. They're like, oh, I got I got one for you, and I'm like, and I would literally feel like I was like this old this old lady with like. Yeah, kids surprise me. Like uh, whatever. <laughs> it's like I saw was like, really? If you're gonna lead it with that, it's probably not going to surprise me. Bring it, you know. So I mean, I see. I say that in a way that it's just like, at, after a certain point, like you're not as, um, even though it's a personal interaction, you like don't take it personally because like you've been asked so many things that you're just like, yeah, no, nah, I can't do that for you, bro. Like next. Right. <laughs> Once again, this is why I can never work in what you did because I would be fired in two seconds. Max, I'm did you tell him what? Extremely patient, extremely patient. But I do have to say, like you know, you do have to blow off steam. So um, I have been known to go into the back, close the door, and curse up a storm. But you know, really, nobody's perfect. Uh, yeah. So I, I just like to. I want to make one observation, especially for entrepreneurs, where. Um, a lot of people are afraid to kind of do something to get it started. Um, from my, from doing the little research that I've done, you were also a comedian, I believe, at one time. Oh my God, you did dig deep. I mean, I really, I really yeah. know stuff. Yeah. Yeah, cool. you definitely. Yeah. All I mean, my, all my guests. Yeah. I'm a comedian, or can't you tell that I why I don't have a career in comedy more so? No. Actually, um. actually believe it or not. Um, when I was like, when I was, when I first, you know, my first interaction, as far as watching that, uh, that short hospitality minute, I did not think you were going to be someone who's like, fun, whatever. And now that I actually know you a little bit, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that you actually are hilarious, which is quite refreshing. Wait, wait. <laughs> okay. I was supposed to say, I was like, I'm like, oh, so I'm funny. Okay. Um, yeah, I, no, it's like, so again, I mean, that kind of really goes back to, you know, sort of the, the film and TV background and acting. And I remember so often, like at the beginning, they were really trying to like, oh, you'd be a great, like dramatic actress. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Um, and then I was told to do an improv class. And I remember doing this improv class and I had so much fun. I would do, so. I would like slam my like I, I was just like also so physical and like really got into it and then people were genuinely laughing and I'm like oh I get this and I just get to make up stuff on the fly all right um and the, I say that because again all of those are are little that was like all training that has come into play now you know that's how people are like oh my gosh you can think so quick on your feet and talk about stuff and it's like well I mean I used to talk about nonsense 
like in an improv class. At this, it's like at least I'm like educated on something, so I find my way and I I share the thought. So it's it's very different. Um, but all of these have been like tools and building blocks along the way. And so yeah, so I, I dabbled in comedy. I did a lot of sketch comedy. Um, I did a lot of sketch comedy, and um, so that's where we would write it and do it um, more like SNL style. And then uh, I did a little bit of stand up, but I was like, mm, it didn't feel right for me. But interesting is that as I started um booking more speaking gigs i had a couple of moments where i was like actually i was educating a bunch of doctors on like the patient experience you know how to have that finer touch and i was saying stuff and next thing you know i'm like seeing all of these doctors are laughing and i had that moment while i was standing there i'm like wow i'm glad i had like that little bit of experience doing stand-up comedy because i like i'm doing bits of it now talking to doctors. I just made a group of doctors laugh. Which like, is extremely hard to do because most of them, like just yesterday, I went to an urgent care. Um, and so then they asked, the, the doctor finally came in. He's like, what are you guys doing here? I'm like, do you want me to go? Like, do you not want my business? Like, I don't understand what kind of, no personality whatsoever. Do you want my, first of all, hold on. Do you not want my business is not exactly the like, I mean, that's me. That's me. Like, I do not want your business because that means that you're sick and you're in trouble. Does it? I, unless you just go to the urgent care for the heck of it. No, I was going because no, I wanted to get retested for uh for COVID or whatever oh, yeah. it was. Yeah, you, you not... both. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. No, so the point sorry, the point was. Doctors, most doctors have no personality and you're able to make all of them laugh, which takes a lot. I mean, yeah, it's either that or I'm just funny looking. No, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You got me on the spot. I did. But you're right. So, I mean, so, yes, to answer your question, that that is like I do have that that background, which has just kind of led to, again, like thinking on my thinking on your feet and and also not being I think, again, a lot of people when they're coming up or they're exploring their quote unquote personal brand, they they have this like seriousness of this like gravitas, like, oh, I want to be so important or this. And it's like, yeah, but you also just want to be like a person too. So um, one of my favorite stories actually was um, with Anthony Melchiori, who is a good friend of mine. Um, we've now become good friends. He's uh, the, the host and producer of Hotel Impossible. So he and I connected on social media and I was, I remember being so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, Anthony Melchiori, like he has a show that like I want to have at some point on TV. And, you know, we had connected and um, this was right around the time that stories had really uh, started on Instagram. And so all of a sudden people were getting to see a different side of me. And he, he said what I, I think is like the biggest compliment. He was like, you know, I was drawn to you at first because like, you know, you're eloquent, you're put together, like you definitely like present well, like your feed's all pretty, you're professional. And he's like, but then I started watching your stories and he's like, you're freaking weird, dude. And he's like, and goofy, what? And he's like, he's like, but I love it. He's like, because it now adds a whole different perspective of like who you, it's another dimension of who you are. And so that's why I always say it's like, yeah, like that's like what you're going to get with me. It's like anybody that works with me, that's, you know, first of all, there's going to be like a, there's a certain like presentation and style. There's a place where, like, you know, if you go to work, I know you don't, 
like to play the whole like normal job situation. But when somebody goes to a normal job, there's a certain way that you need to behave, you know, but when you're building a personal brand, like people need to see these other sides of you. They want to see the goofiness or the other things that they're like, man, that's kind of wacky. Okay. I'm interested. I want to see more. So um, yeah, I mean, it's all part of it. It shows that you can make it and not have to be this certain cookie cutter type of deal. No. I think, and so you're showing that clearly. And also, yeah, just the just the point I was I was trying to make was you were not afraid to fail. You were not afraid to try something. Yeah. You did comedy, you did everything. You just kind of threw yourself in there and you just like, okay, let's see what happens. And so, yeah. like when people, you know, I mean, even me, when I when I went into your Instagram and saw that, I mean, it made me feel bad. I'm like, damn, this person really knows what the hell they're doing. I'm just like- I've also been doing it for a really long time. So exactly. that's the other thing is it's like, anybody would be like, oh man, they have their shit together if they've been doing it for like eight years, every day, fine tuning, finding your voice, you know? So that's why it's like, when people, it's so easy to look at something and kind of like right. you feel bad, but like you have to like really take into consideration all the years of experience that have come behind it. And not feel bad and just know that it's part of the journey. And I that's why I also keep all of my old videos up. Uh, I did actually have uh, a mentor at one time that was like, you should take down your old videos. You're so much better than that. And I'm like, really? Yeah, shit. I'm so much better. Sorry. No. Oh, like, yeah. But like, you get to see the growth of it and it's, it's normal. Like why I'm, I'm not, in, I'm not ashamed. I'm glad that I started somewhere. I had to yep. learn. So absolutely, yeah, no, and but I love that you bring up the thing about failure because we were talking about this a little bit before we got started. It's never really resonated with me, like this fear of failure. It, it's like, oh, okay, it's like that's not the way to go. You know, it's just it's actually my favorite my favorite line, and this is not my line, but I do share it quite a bit. It's not rejection, it's redirection. And so long as you look at it like that, it's not personal. It's just, it's like, literally, it's like, that's not the way that you're supposed to go to get to that result. And maybe, maybe you find that like, you're not even supposed to get to that result. We even talked about this as, as well before that, you know, I, I had dabbled in radio. And when I first moved out to LA, uh, I tried to get a job in radio and I didn't. And I tried to do a couple of things and, and they didn't work. And then I landed at a hotel and the general manager was like, I think you'd make a great concierge. And I'm like, uh, I just moved to LA. I don't know anything about it, but I, I'm good with maps. Like, I, I don't know. Um, so again, now when you fast forward and you look back, because we can all do that, hindsight is twenty twenty. all those times that I maybe got a no, because that wasn't this, the way that I was supposed to go. That wasn't supposed to be my path. I wasn't supposed to go the route of radio. I wasn't supposed to go the route of whatever. Like I was supposed to go the route of hotels and then becoming a concierge out of the blue because if I didn't do that, there's no way that you and I would be here today talking about this. So when you like look at it, like you zoom out and you look at it like that, it's not personal. It's like literally finding your way. And it's like, what's a now without sounding so like esoteric, but it's like what's supposed to happen is going to happen, you know, and you just try it, wing it. We're all human. Like there's no there's no way that whatever embarrassing story that you have, I probably have a similar embarrassing story. It's not the exact, it's not saying the exact same, but it's like, we've all been embarrassed. So like, what's, what is it at the end of the day? Like you just try and you keep moving on. Best right. scenario, it works. And then you're like, yeah. ah, I'm onto something. 
100%. And I think you, again, like I can't stress that point enough because I think a lot of, I don't, you know, I, I hate to say the word aspiring entrepreneur. I feel like you're either an entrepreneur or you're not. You can't just like do it, you know? I don't know. Well, I, I do get what you're saying. Keep going, keep going. So, yeah, so, you know, they fail once or they fail twice and they give up. They're like, I had enough. I'm going back nine to five and that's it. And they give up and they don't have no idea what could have happened if they could have kept going. And obviously you do what's best for you. Sometimes that is, you know, going to that nine to five job, having that stability. And, but if you, in my opinion, if you really want something, don't just let it go. You got to at least try it. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, I guess yeah. that's what I was trying to bring. Yeah. I mean, and that's the whole thing. It's so interesting by just trying, I'll use like another random example. Um, I, I was doing like a photo shoot in front of like one of those like Instagram walls and kind of making fun of it. So I started dancing. And so the photographer uh, who's my friend started filming me dancing. So I had this like stupid video of me like dancing in front of this wall. So I slap, I put some music on it. And then I was like, this kind of like makes me laugh. Like, I know this has nothing to do with my brand. I'm just going to share it. And I remember being terrified. I remember being like, oh my God, what are people going to say when I share this dance video of me dancing in front of a wall? I'm like, you know, I'm just going to do it. And I did. And people loved it. For a while there, people were like, oh my gosh, you're the girl that dances in front of walls. And I'm like, and I'm like, dance. I'm not like, but this is also like pre-TikTok. Like I'm not doing like choreographed stuff. Like I'm just like, I'm just like feeling the beat and doing it. Okay. So yeah. like, that's what it is. It's like, it's nothing crazy, but it was this carefreeness that people really related to. Um, and I would have never started on that whole thing if I just didn't give it a try. And so you just, you just have to try again. It's, I was, especially in the world of social media, worst comes to worst, people forget about it in a day. And you just, you're like, okay, well, people didn't really like respond to that. That's not really a thing or, but generally, if it's something that you are passionate about and if it's something that like tickles you or you just like really are like, okay, that's like my thing. That's my thing. Whatever that is. Ah, that's my thing. I love pizza. All right, pizza review time. I okay, you love pizza. Um, but if you go at it with that passion, you tap into that, other people, it's going to resonate with other people. 100%. I, 100%. You hit the nail on the head on that one. That's for sure. So... <laughs> <laughs> and we understand why that comedy career is over so I, I i don't i don't know why you keep downplaying that i think you're hilarious otherwise i wouldn't laugh like you know so i i mean like not only, by the way, not only did i make you laugh but i made you speechless for a moment there so. which is very hard to do honestly like i you know I like i me, have nothing to say that that just so i would have downplayed i i I think you've got a career in that too, but you're just too busy doing everything else. You know, whatever. It's good to be so what, what, what is next on the list? Like you're obviously writing a book. Is mm -hmm. that next on the list? Or do you have, you mentioned that you wanted to have your own show on Travel Channel. Mm -hmm. I'm honestly surprised you don't have one already. Thank you. Um, you Thank are, you. honestly. Too those, and too blonde. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. No, and I am kidding by that. But, um. No. Uh, yeah. So you, you totally hit the nail on the head in regards to that. So yeah, in the tail end, like in the editing stages with an editor on this book, this was something that I really wanted to do as far as to establish myself um, just that much more like in the hospitality industry. And um, I, in the process of it, I actually came up with a second book idea. So 
The grand plan, which by the way, I have not shared with everybody, at least the grand short-term plan is to do this. I'm self-publishing this book um, and hoping that, you know, everything goes well. Uh, and then I'm also in the middle of pitching a couple of different TV show ideas uh, some that include me as a host. Some, it doesn't necessarily make sense for me to be the host. Um, I actually think that it would probably make more sense to have a male host for it. So that would be something Hello. that I probably just produce, um, which just goes to show you, it's like, yeah, oh, okay, okay. Um, you do I don't want to put you on a spot or anything, but you know. You, have, you do have a good voice. So this this could come circle back. Um, Thank you. You're like, but that's all you have though. So we're just going to leave it with that. We'll just good you can read yeah. off a paper that's good um no <laughs> kidding so uh so yeah so then a couple of tv show pitches we'll be working on that um and then uh then probably towards the end of this year we'll start book number two uh writing a book is hard like yo that's hard and i know i just said yo and as much as i write and as much as i produce content i even feel like I don't feel i know my social media game i feel like hasn't been on point like in the past two months but being in the tail end of this, and I actually did want to share this, is that especially for somebody that's like always like go, go, go. And I do have some people that work for me, but I'm still very much hands on in everything that I do. And I got to a point like at the beginning of the year, just kind of in assessing things. And I was like, OK, before travel starts to really pick up for me again, um, it's really good that I just need to focus on finishing this book when I am sitting in one place because the idea of writing a book while I'm on a plane and going here and all of this is just like I'm not I'm not setting myself up for success with that so I was like okay really double down know what your bandwidth is and I know that my bandwidth is rather extensive and I can do more than a lot of people because I'm just kind of crazy and wired that way but I also know that I do have limits and so if I was going to continue to produce uh, a podcast once a week two videos once a week, all the social media content and all of this, there was no way that I was gonna be able to finish this book. So I purposely took my foot off the gas in regards to my videos and my podcasts. And even if you've looked at my social media and if you have seen what I've done, um, I haven't been posting as much because I've literally been like, okay, dive fully in, be fully present so that you can finish up this book and once you're in that better place with the book, that it's kind of like you're wrapping it up, then I'll start picking up um, the the pace with, it'll be like the, I actually have like another show that I'm working on coming out as well too. So it's like the podcast, this other show, these two videos a week, all the different social media, and then traveling to places and all of that. So I think that's also another thing that's really important for entrepreneurs is to be very honest with yourself and know what's what you can handle and that you don't have to do everything at full speed. And my favorite phrase that I had a mentor tell me once, it was actually in regards to acting, but it applies to everything in life. He would talk about drive and traffic. And this was like in regards to uh, speaking. You know, sometimes you speak a little bit faster, sometimes you speak a little bit slower. That's what we mean as far as driving and traffic. But that applies to everything in life, especially in business, that there are going to be times that it's like it is like you are going 100 miles an hour. This is what's happening. Da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden, like whether it's pacing, whether there are other things that are happening that you're going to have to drive a little bit slower. So know that these variables and speeds are totally OK and that you don't need to hang out in cruise control. So for all my car references there. <laughs> 
Well, you're you live in LA, so I feel like you have to give a car reference. A traffic uh, reference at that too. <laughs> right. But every anytime you say like how you drive in LA, I assume driving just means you put your hands on your steering wheel and you're not moving. That is the the, the I mean, way people drive I in LA. In the past year, traffic has not been that bad. So we're uh, going okay. for us. Okay, good. Just okay. ending off. Um, I guess if you were to speak to an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. and so just to reiterate. You have a really successful career as far as the hospitality goes. I mean, you were on a lot of a lot of different shows. You go mm -hmm. on a lot of new shows, yeah. um, especially well, Kelly, the Kelly Clarkson show is not a new show, but yeah, that's Kelly cool. Clarkson. Y'all, please welcome award-winning concierge and travel expert Sarah Dandeshi. And you get called to Portugal to kind of help them. Mm -hmm. um, so, as far as obviously, this was not an overnight thing. No. Right. You put your blood, sweat and tears into it and it materialized. What message would you tell an entrepreneur? Um, a couple, but I'll try to make it as brief as possible. So one is to not be afraid to do the work and know that a lot of times being an entrepreneur is not glamorous. The, I, the end result might seem glamorous, but there's like there's a lot of work. There's a lot of working late on a Friday night, on a Saturday night, saying no to like social engagements not do, you know, even sacrificing certain parts of like your personal life. So, um, but if you, if it is something that you really want to do, like you have to do the work and you have to be prepared to make, um, to, to make sacrifices for it. The, uh, the other aspect is I've always been a firm believer, and this is kind of maybe more for, for like a personal brand, but it's like, if you, if you really do the work and you do it well, you want to make it so that opportunities come to you so it's like if you're putting yourself out there and you're just again like you're doing the work the opportunities will come to you super quick this past year uh everything dried up with travel i was creating content traveling how do i still continue to create travel content when i am in my living room i started doing travel industry updates I looked, I navigate, I, I was examined the social media landscape and noticed that nobody was talking about what was happening in the travel industry. So I was like, I'll do it. So I started talking about what was happening in the travel industry. I was doing these videos twice. And within two months, I got approached by the people at Marriott and they're like, uh, we want to book you for 25 TV shows. What? Wow. Yeah. I didn't pitch them. They came to me, but that's because I did the work. So again, it is so important when you are an entrepreneur. Now, again, it might not apply to all businesses, but to just have that idea. It's like if you do the work and you put it out there, the opportunities will come to you. It may not be the fastest way to do it. Um, it may not be glamorous because you're like, I'm not making money yet. Do you know how many years I've worked for not making money? How many years I, put, I spent my own money building what I my was my brand? It wasn't an issue that not that it was an issue, but it was like it was it wasn't a question for me. I knew that the end goal was a lot bigger. And it's like this was an investment. So you have to be prepared to make the investment in yourself, um, both financially and also time wise. So um, I'm sure there are many more things that I can say, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. So it's something digestible. <laughs> that is digestible. And that is fantastic advice. Um, so as I like to say, I like to, if you want to know something, you ask a successful person and ask them, how do you do it? So number one, thank you for giving that advice. And number two, I really appreciate you making the time to come and for being on my show. Well, thank you again. I love that we were able to do this and, and I love that we just talked a little bit more about the nitty gritty. Cause I know all too often I talk 
a lot about hospitality, but for me, what's also really exciting is the entrepreneur side of it. And like to be able to be, again, we didn't even touch on this that much, but like to kind of like go through the pandemic and become out to come out on the other side of it, an entrepreneur when so many people were like, I don't know what to do has been really rewarding. So yeah, it shows you can do it. There we go. Words of wisdom from Sarah Dandishi. Um, again, thank you so much for coming on. Cool. Perfect. <laughs>